0: This is Pam Perry. Welcome to another episode of Speakers Magazine Show Podcast. Uh, We have an exciting guest today who is an attorney, but also a storyteller, and her name is Deidre Moore. So in 1996, she was a single mother, and then after about nine years of unemployment in Manhattan, uh, she quit her job as a commercial real estate paralegal to attend law school. Then in 1999, upon graduating from law school, she worked as a public defender with the Legal Aid Society in the Bronx. She's from New York. Then nearly five years later, Deidre then left the Legal Aid Society to establish her own firm. And not many attorneys do that. And then in 2004, she established the law offices of Deidre R. Moore. Now, as an African-American mother Wife, advocate for change, Deidre, through her vision and her faith, set out a journey in 2020, which is a pivotal year for many African Americans, to educate as many of our youth about the values of investing in themselves and learning about their history. So in 2022, she authored From Me to You, The Power of Storytelling and Its Inherent Generational Wealth, An African-American Story. So with that, I bring up Deidre Moore. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. Good evening, Dr. Perry. Oh, thank you for joining us. You know, one of the things that I was reading about, and you said how the book came about, and it had to be um, with, uh, I believe it was, is it your son or your daughter? My son. Your son. Your son was about eight. And he had um, heard about the Holocaust, uh, the whole situation and asked you a pivotal question. So tell us a little bit about that story. What happened at that point?
1: Well, first, Dr. Perry, thank you so much for having me here. I feel so grateful to be here with you. And I so appreciate all that you're doing uh, in showing our younger generations what it looks like to be uh, successful in the realm of finding your passion, following through, creating your own magazine, et cetera. So thank Mm -hmm. you for what you do. Oh,
0: you're welcome. You're welcome. One of the things that that Speakers Magazine has always been about, we didn't just talk about it, was always about promoting Black speakers. And I think we are the best storytellers on the planet. So I was really excited to hear about your book and, you know, as an attorney to then go and write a book that is really part of a curriculum during this time when people are talking about critical race theory, right? So anyway, so it all fits together for such a time as this. So tell me, tell me. (laughs) Now is the time.
1: So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so uh, what happened was, what inspired me to write this book was back in 2019, my son who was eight years old then, he had occasion to go on a school trip. Um, and they visited a nursing home here in New York State called the Hebrew home. And they had occasion to engage a Holocaust survivor. So on the way back to the school bus, my son and his eight-year-old peer started talking to each other and the peer happened to be of Jewish descent. And they started talking to each other about what their parents and family told them about the Holocaust and slavery. So as my son son is sharing with me uh, what they talked about, I became more and more inspired by our youth who are courageously talking about a topic or topics that adults don't even talk to each other about. So as he's sharing with me what they talked about, I was just so inspired, right? So later that evening, as I'm getting him ready for bed, he says to me, he says, so mom, what's slavery really about? Oh gosh. I I say, oh gosh, because Mm -hmm. I thought it was too soon. I, I thought he had just enough. But I said, okay. well, I gave him some more information and I told him I'll get back to him with some additional stuff over time. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, the next day or so, he asked me again. So, mom, so what's slavery really about? Right. I said, okay. I started searching my mind. I said, I have to make this a teachable moment for him. right? Right. And so I'm searching my mind and I'm trying to find those resources and ways in which that this story, this complex story about slavery, slavery can be narrated in such a way that wasn't so traumatic and traumatizing upon an eight-year-old, particularly right. eight-year-old Black son. Right. Right. So not having the not having found those books, particularly that narrated the story the way I wanted to narrate it. I said, you know, I remember what a dear friend named Edgewitch Dr. Cott told the third graders when she visited the school that year. She says what 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 helped her to uh, what started her um, interest in writing was a quote by Toni Morrison. And the quote went, if there's a book you want to read, but it hasn't been written yet then you must write it. And at that moment, I remembered what she said, and I couldn't find what I wanted to see and see have it narrated. So I said, you know what? I'm going to make this a teachable moment. And off went my researching, analyzing, synthesizing, and trying to pull together information about this complex topic of slavery, right?
0: Wow, wow. So, so that's and what that, inspired
1: me, I'll use.
0: And, and that, that right there is the determination that you have. So starting at the beginning, you know, leaving... Uh, one particular job, going to law school, and then was it a cakewalk? I mean, like how many different things did you have to sacrifice while you're going to law school, quitting your job, and then having to fit something in? So how many jobs were you working?
1: Great question. And thank you so much for that. Because as I share with a lot of people, um, I did not take the traditional approach to becoming an attorney. So what I did was after quitting that job of nine years uh, to go to law school full-time, I already had Demands as being a single mom, and I needed to needed to maintain those, okay, Mm -hmm. because it wouldn't be fair to my my child at the time um, to not continue those things because of my selfish desire to want to go to law school. So what I did was I worked three jobs. I traversed New York State, whether it's the West Side to the East Side or other parts of Midtown Manhattan, so that I while going to law school full time in a whole other borough, okay. Oh my god! Um, But you know what? I cried many nights, but Mm -hmm. I did it. It was my purpose. Then it's what I wanted to do then. And I just kept my eyes on the prize as our ancestors always tell us to do. If there's something that you want to do, just stay steadfast, sacrifice, dedication, and discipline, and you will get to the other side of whatever that is. And that's that's what happened here. So Mm -hmm. no complaints. I,
0: I find that it's real interesting that the background, you know, obviously, working in that and then working in the legal defense fund now, having your own firm and doing law firm and mentoring other, other young African-American attorneys that want to do that. But then there's this piece about really storytelling and the African-American story or really American story, really about uh, race, especially today, 2022 and beyond anything beyond 2020 is just whole different uh, feeling now. So tell us what your feelings are about the critical race theory Mm -hmm. And uh, has your book, I know it's taught a curriculum in schools, but has there been places where your book has been banned, I guess you would say, from certain places? Excellent question.
1: Two points. The first point is when you mention, or when people speak of critical race theory um for me you know this book is not about the theoretical framework that you oftentimes get when you're in academia like college of um, years etc um and it's not just talking about the um structures that have been put in place to create the um um, disparities of income, healthcare, wealth, everything that um, it's created a disparity based on race. It's not about that. What this book is about for me, Dr. Perry, is to—it's an opportunity to fill what I think and what I see as a gap of where generations and generations of our children, who are some who are adults as well, Never received this information from forget about school, didn't receive it from home either for mm. a whole host of reasons. And that is not a negative thing. It's just what it is. Right, okay? right. And I took those skills of analyzing, researching, um, synthesizing and pulling this material together the way that I did, because I didn't want any distractions when telling this story. Oftentimes we see in a lot of books, um, you know, the lynchings and the burnings and all the egregious and tortures and unfortunate um, things that happened to our ancestors. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anything to distract from the context of this story that we oftentimes don't get. Mm-hmm. We always get piecemeals. Second grade, yeah. you get Dr. Martin Luther King. Third grade, you get Dr. Martin Luther King. Part two, fourth grade, you get et cetera, et cetera. But mm-hmm. I wanted to have many of those historical moments going down from exploration, colonization to the revolution, down to the civil rights movement. I wanted it in one resource.
0: Yes, yes. And
1: accessible so that people would not be distracted and put the book down because of the torturous conduct and egregious conduct that a lot of the enslaved Africans and their descendants were subjected to.
0: Mm -hmm. So they can actually see a a real good timeline. And not just pulling out pictures of, you know, Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King, all the, the 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 landmarks, obviously those are landmarks in, in our history, you know, Absolutely. but then also for me it's it's Emmett Till and then for for the generations after us, their Emmett Till was George Floyd, you know. So right. you can see all the different pieces, but you haven't I, I see what you mean where well, you need to tell the story really from the standpoint, from the beginning to end. Now for me, mm-hmm. Deidre, one of the things, and this was probably in high mm-hmm. school when uh, Alex Haley did Roots. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, obviously I'm from Detroit. So i go to Detroit public schools. I have African-American teachers. I'm an African, we have a black mayor. I mean, we have community. So it's like, it wasn't like we felt in during the seventies or whatever, we felt um, really, at least I didn't feel racism. But when I saw Roots for the first time, I really realized like, oh, my God, you know, and I read a little bit in history, but nothing was like seeing all the series of the Roots. I mean, it was just like, oh, my God. So the thing that you did with your son is like, I'm going to write a book, a teachable moment, that sort of thing. What I did is I actually sat down and had my daughter at about under 10 to watch all of Roots and her and her friends they were watching all the roots and and at the end of it you know some of it she was crying and and, and all that kind of stuff and then at the end of it and she looked at me and this is what i i kind of felt like you it's like she looked at me and she says so mm. all of us are descendants of kunta kinte <laughs> <laughs> It was like Oh my God! That was not the story I was trying to tell you. I mean, I was like, no. I said that's just one family documented. Yeah. But yes, we are all a part of the African diaspora. Right. Right. We're know? all part so, of that. But every family has its own story. But she I'm, didn't realize that. And, and I was that's like, yeah, because I didn't know my story. Right. Right. I didn't know my story. I. We can only really I can only go back as far as my great-grandmother. So I don't yeah. know that part. Well, you know,
1: yeah. we only, we, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know, right? And for me, the triggering point was, uh, I was born on, Mar- on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s actual birthday, January wow. 15, right? Yeah. So, and growing up, he's who I always had between him and my ancestors and my grandmother who raised me. Right. So Mm -hmm. I had Dr. Martin Luther King for maybe the first five years of my grade school years, but not just him. I was fortunate to um be able to refer have a frame of reference to the stories that he shared and told mm-hmm. in the books that were around during that time for me. So mm-hmm. I kind of got exposed to that this story a little earlier than um right. others probably would only because I was born on his birthday. and, and you had the letter, special, letter, yeah, the letter the yeah, letter to the Birmingham you know,
0: jail. and that's probably why maybe you want to be an attorney, maybe just
1: we'll, we'll get back to that one right there in a minute. But to answer your other to the other part of your question about whether my book has been banned, uh, knock on wood to date, it has not. But you know what? Um, and this is so crucial. There's two points that I point out to folks whenever I get an opportunity uh, to do so. And one is reminding people that, particularly our folks, that we have not come that far, right? where we can afford to abandon the stories, the journeys, struggles, lessons, dreams, and sacrifices made by our ancestors, right? Right? They were made at a time where they endured so much um, um, the egregious conduct that conduct that they were subjected to, uh, we owe them so much more. We can't just throw away their stories or forget their stories or think we made it sufficient enough where we don't have to pass along the legacy of their stories, right? Through storytelling. The Uh other thing that I like to point out to people is that You know, right now our country is divided. We know this, right? Over the issue of upgrading the curricula uh, in schools, right? A curricula that would tell the true story of how enslaved Africans and their descendants pretty much have been abused and used to create what you know, that canvas for what we call white privilege, right? Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. curriculum curriculum that would share uh, the history of how black people have consistently been denied opportunities after being exploited so ruthlessly, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But you know
1: what, the, notwithstanding the fact that people are trying to keep this out of schools, right? Notwithstanding the fact that, um, Um, There's that gap that I referred to where the information hasn't been uh, spoken of in households or schools or wherever. No matter what, leaders, parents, family, friends, aunts, uncles, speakers, everyone, we have an obligation to tell those stories and to tell them anyway.
0: Yes, we do.
1: Because um, our kids need to know this history, number one. But number two, we have to remember also that we are going to be at some point the ancestors of our children. So not only are our stories that have been handed down from our prior generations important, but it's important for them to know our our stories um, in current day as well. Mm -hmm. You know, all the aspirations, why it took me three, I had to work three jobs to go to law school, to put myself through school as a single mom and meeting all the demands. It's important for them to know because we have sufficient information to draw down from when we need to be inspired, encouraged, empowered, and motivated because Mm -hmm. our ancestors did a lot more
0: with a lot less. Mm-hmm. And you were you talked a little bit about Mary McLeod Bethune, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things I think you spoke at the organization. You're a <laughs> keynote speaker for organization that she founded. But give us a little bit of her story. So I know that she's near and dear to your oh. heart because you talked about her, and a lot of people yes. have heard about her and and that sort of thing. But tell us in your words what what she means to you.
1: Thank you so much for asking that question. She's one of my idols, one of many. Um, And yes, I had occasion to be the keynote speaker with the National Council of Negro Women back in February of this year during um, Black History Month, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I was so honored to be able to have been asked to do that, right? And you know, she was born in, I think she was born in 1875. And what a lot of folks probably don't realize is that in 1904, if I do my math right, she was about 26 or 29 years old and she created a school for black children.
0: At 29
1: or even 26 years old.
0: I can't imagine. My daughter's 26. I can't imagine.
1: And she did it during the Jim Crow era. All right. Not only that, in 1935, if I did my math correctly, again, she would be about 60 years old. And she created the uh, National Council um, of um, uh, Negro um, Women. I get get a little excited when
0: I talk about it. National Council Council of Negro Women. Mm -hmm. National
1: Council of Negro Women. At Mm -hmm. 60 years old, during this Jim Crow period. So wow. how can we not do a lot of the things that we have mm-hmm. um, opportunities to do, like trying to make the change that we need to make right now, trying mm-hmm. to talk about um, things that.
0: Um, uh, Reparations.
1: You know, Absolutely. That's yeah. a whole nother dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know that, mm-hmm. that, <laughs> yes. 40 acres and a mule. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's we us have a conversation got. about that. Right. right. Morning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so while I'm so happy to hear that there's a lot of organizations or when I say a lot, more than what there have been uh, that are actually talking about and bringing to the forefront um, um, issues surrounding reparations. Um, Mm -hmm. um, And so um, I'm actually looking to be a part of another organization that is deeply rooted in um, trying to address and bring that to the forefront. Wow. Um, um, Yeah. So um,
0: that's one of the ones where... um uh, a, a client of mine, Nikichi Taifa, hmm. and she's been on the forefront for HR40 for over about 40 years. John hmm. Conyers from Detroit was one of the ones that introduced that, you know, um, particular legislation. The passed before it, it but yeah. anyway, it's making headway.
1: Yes, it and is, it's- and
0: it's one of the things where generations like um, Nikichi said that when she was in grade school, she heard a story. About the Black Panthers and how they were treated unfairly and that sort of thing, and that gave her the spark to want to be an attorney. And then on the mm-hmm. road, and so you have something too that probably sparked you, you know, besides being born on MLK's birthday, mm-hmm. something that sparked in you that said, "I want to be an attorney. I want to do these type of this type of work." What was that one pivotal part of your journey that said, mm-hmm. "You know, I need to go to law school and I need to do some things"?
1: Well, thank you for that question. Um, I've always wanted to be a judge. Growing up, I didn't have attorneys in my neighborhood, in my community, in my building. I didn't have access to them. Um, I didn't know about attorneys, quite frankly, uh, and what they did, Uh, nor did I know about being or how to become a judge. What happened was I was about maybe 11 years old, I want to say. My grandmother always called me an old soul. All right let's start there but i was about 11 years old and let's say i had two friends right so there's three of us two of the friends were not speaking to each other right and when they're not speaking to each other they would turn and expect me not to speak to that other person, right? So you have A, B, and C, and I'm C. So A wouldn't talk to B, and I'm not supposed to talk to B, and C wouldn't talk to A, and I'm not supposed to speak to her either. So what I oftentimes did in a lot of scenarios, I would speak to A and B separately, trying to get an understanding as to why they're not speaking to each other, right? Mm -hmm. And then I would, on another occasion, bring A and B into the same space, and explain (laughs) to them, it looks like this was the misunderstanding. Me, a little 11, 12-year-old misunderstanding, right? (laughs) That's the old soul in me, right? Old soul. what happened was they realized it was a misunderstanding and we're all friends again. So that to me was when I did jury duty, when I turned 18 or 21, my first bout with jury duty was when I made the connection, quite frankly, of, oh my gosh, I've been playing this role for some time now because in that scenario of A, B, and C, I was an attorney trying to you know, forth the position. Of whoever, and I was mm-hmm. playing judge, trying to be neutral to hear both sides of the story so I can see which way, what's the best resolution, so to speak. So that was a triggering time for me when I said I want to develop in my mind that I wanted to um, go to law school, become an attorney, because I realized that you had to become an attorney before you became a judge. Um, so that's
0: mean, the, the next phase. Then and there's a, right. a a client of mine I would love you to meet. Her name is uh, Judge Leanya Lloyd. And uh, she became a judge. Her and her twin sisters were the first African-American twins to sit on the same. same. But it is a whole nother journey because they were an attorney and they had their own practice. And then they had to go run for, you know, you got to run for judge. Right. So that's a whole
1: political thing. thing.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. But I would like to introduce you to her. She was actually on the Speakers magazine show as well. So it's, it's funny how a lot of the guests are all, uh, synergy. They They all have a synergy. They all have the passion to really, they know their purpose. Um, you know who it is that you're called to, you all want to speak about it and you're speaking on stages about it, getting, um, your books out, uh, sharing that message. And regardless of what is going on in the world, you're just marching forward, you know, because there's so, I mean, listen, you're running a law firm, you could just be good with that but now you're writing books and speaking. so Absolutely. that's a whole nother thing right Absolutely. Nother, and raising and raising kids that you know obviously they're probably part of the business as well. it's like the the, the part that you talked about the generational wealth. So that's what does that part of because we talk about the power story telling and then you also talk about inherent generational wealth. so is the wealth like financial wealth or we're we talking about wealth of knowledge?
1: We're talking about wealth of knowledge okay. it's not about financial wealth and in fact this the 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 generational wealth that our children will be afforded when they hear these stories of our ancestors people like mary McLeod Bethune, uh, marcus garvey you know and uh, fannie lou hamer when they hear fannie lou hamer saying back when, you know, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, her being a civil rights activist and a voting rights activist. And we're still saying this stuff today. And they'll see how the stories of our ancestors and their lived experience have shaped our lives today and have Mm -hmm. gotten us to the place today where we can be lawyers, presenters, speakers, doctors, whatever it is. I think the generational wealth for me is that wealth of knowledge that they get. Not only that, but that identity and self-worth that comes with it, right? Mm -hmm. And let me just say one more thing to that identity and self-worth, if I may. Okay. Identity and self-worth to me is not about um, confidence and self-esteem. All right. It's not because those two words, confidence and self-esteem are gauged by who you're in the room with, right? They make you feel confident or make you have low self-esteem or you do it to yourself, whichever it is, right? But that's that identity and self-worth, when you walk into any room, I want our child, our children to be able to navigate the spaces, having full knowledge of themselves, meeting mm-hmm. them where they are. Okay. Whatever they know, they know that all those messages that they're going to be getting and receiving, uh uh-uh. they're going to be able to repel it because they have a sense of identity, and self-worth. I don't want them to turn 18 years old and then get kicked into the world of trying to work in government, corporate, or wherever they might be working or become employed to have to navigate our imperfect terrain here um, and not have a sense of identity or self-worth in doing so. I want them to be as early as possible. Yeah,
0: that's one of the things that you talked about, identity and self-worth, really knowing who you are, where you came from, and the worth is from, knowing that your lineage is, is... Brilliant that it's it's powerful, that it didn't just start with slavery, right? Absolutely. We go back before that, like Absolutely. you know, so we can actually know where the self-worth is because you know who you are.
1: Absolutely. And
0: you were talking about how it, it was the pivotal point where your son was listening to a um in the nursing home from a Jewish lady, mm-hmm. and they knew their history about. Um, their Jewish history and the Holocaust and all that. And they're passing those stories down. They're never really forgetting it. Yeah. And that was where their self-worth and identity comes from. That's a very cohesive group. The Jewish Absolutely. people are very proud and, and, and cohesive group, but their history wasn't ripped up away from them. Obviously, you know, we've got to dig a little bit further. we got to write more books. You know, we got to tell right. the stories. And Absolutely. that's what, that's what your book is really doing. It's helping people tell the stories. Mm-hmm. One last question. Absolutely. So... Um, you know, I know the pivotal point about when you were going to write the book. So what is next on the horizon for you? You've got the book. Is there another book? Uh, is there a, you know, how old is your daughter now? Is she old enough to really like take over the business now and doing your your speaking business what what's okay. what's what's next on the horizon?
1: okay well first I'll say this my daughter is a um, all of a full adult and um, and our son is uh, 10 he'll be 11 next month. okay and so while she lives in another state uh, um, being okay. the adult she needs to be. Um, mm-hmm. um, I love her dearly and if law is not her passion or her thing, that's fine. It's, right. You know, right. It's about finding what makes you happy, what drives mm-hmm. you and what your purpose is. I like mm-hmm. to say finding your your VIP status, what's your what's your voice, find your voice, your identity and purpose and go out there and use it, whatever Ooh, that I might be. That. Right. Yeah. So um, so to, I'm sorry, I digressed. I, I apologize. Um, there was a point I wanted to make. What was that
0: question again? Before? Well, so basically like what's next, I'm thinking like if your daughter is an adult yeah. and you have your speaking business, right. Mm-hmm. She can maybe like book you or she can kind of do some of the things, you know, that, that kind of thing is what I was thinking. Like just looking at like legacy businesses because like, she doesn't have to be law fine, but she can, whatever part she is, if you're, the brand. You are the brand. DJ Moore is the brand. DJMoore.com, right? Mm -hmm. So she can help with that, even if it's just to do the social media for you or whatever.
1: (laughs) If she chooses to be a part of, you know, I'm all about uh, raising children to grow and go. Go Mm -hmm. meaning go out there in the world and find out what it is that you, that drives you. This is my passion. It doesn't have to be yours. Mm -hmm. I'm just busy creating what I like to think is generational and legacy wealth for my family. Yeah. what you do with it when i move on and become your ancestor is up to you guys i i would seek pleasure in knowing that you're doing what it is that you enjoy doing it doesn't have to be what i want mm-hmm. you to right? i love that That's, i love that the other thing is um why do i keep going away from that
0: question that you asked <laughs> Well, Black History Month is coming up. You're going to be booked in busy. So that I I I know. And then your books are being taught in schools. Yes. I
1: actually um, wanted to say thank you to one of the schools who is an independent school here in New York State that has informed that they've changed the um, grade five curriculum to include From Me to You as one of the resources. And I could not be more honored um, to know that they did that. Um, and I have another public school uh, here in New York State who purchased a bulk of the books and they gave them out to the children. And I was able to go on a Zoom and meet them and speak with them about the
0: book. Wow, right? that does not happen often. Let me so, just tell yeah, so, you. So that I feel blessed. yes. Yeah, yeah. that is the culture of schools, for one thing, to take on a new author, right? You're a brand new <laughs> author. And to teach that is really, really major. So I could see it really going more national. I mean, Detroit, we've got schools here and it definitely is needed here so we need to definitely make sure that your book um goes in the places where it needs to go and they can go and get bulk copies at DeidreMore.com.
1: absolutely DeidreMore.com Moore, or my my publisher's uh, website which is mascotbooks.com m-a-s-c-o-t-b-o-o-k-s dot c-o-m it's at barnes and nobles amazon um, um ingram and baker um um uh Uh, The lip bar apparently is on Target. I heard someone say it's like it's been widespread, so I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I do have a coloring and activity book that we're working on. Um, getting out hopefully before the end of the year uh, and an associated book to go with that. And the coloring and activity book, I love that because the um, Library of Congress put out some images of the prominent uh, 19th and 20th century civil rights activists. And I said, okay, let me print them out. And they were in black and white, but how can I make this a teachable moment for the kids? Right. Mm -hmm. So I did uh, word searches for each one of them. I created uh, my my publisher, I'm sorry, my illustrator, created um, illustrations or images that can be colored in for each one of them. And they have quotes and affirmations and the host information to get that knowledge again about our ancestors and the spirit in which they lived and the things um, that they did. So that. thank you oh for asking God. about that. Oh and yes, God. Black History Month is coming up and I expect that there will be uh, more opportunities because it hasn't stopped since um, February of 2022. Uh, right. even before the book was released. And I so appreciate the opportunity to come out and share it and get it in the hands of, of as many of our young young generations mm-hmm. or anyone who might embrace it.
0: So yeah, it you. doesn't necessarily have to be like young, young, even though that's where they're being taught, but anyone can actually have the book and learn something from it. And uh, mm-hmm. there is a organization in Detroit I'd like to invite you to uh, look it up. It's Twisted Storytellers. And it's sort of a cross between Satori uh, Shakur is, is over that, and uh, she has been in Speakers Magazine as well. Uh, it's the Speakers Magazine, you're part of the family now. Uh, but she, sure. has a, she has this thing that she does at the African American Museum. I think now it's at Mary Grove because of um, some water damage. But it's like she does Twisted Storytellers and basically is African American storytellers. Nice, That's what she nice. did. And so I would love for you to um, get in touch with her possibly come to Detroit and oh, yes. do a story. It's not yes. like a talk, but it's like, like 15 minutes. And they and they actually have them on um, NPR as well, you know, the, as a podcast and that sort of thing. But yeah, it's she's been doing it probably for at least 10 years. Oh, God bless. And she is really... That part where you were saying storytelling changes lives. It really yeah. does. Storytelling changes lives. And she talks about the power of story. And you would really love her, her name. is Satori Shakur. And it is just amazing. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. Yes, the power of stories. That's really it. So we've got a lot of people we, we got to get you to meet in uh, your next phase of doing everything that you need to be doing. But I just <laughs> appreciate um, you coming on. DeidreMore.com, it's uh, that's her name. com is where you find everything that you need to: how to book her, how to get the books, how to get the books in yes. in bulk, all of those, all the things, right? Yes. All the things. So yes. and uh, and actually, um, obviously, get it from probably traditional bookstores as well if you don't want to go online and that sort of thing. So yes, you can. Yes. Thank yes. you so, so what, much for that. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. All right, I'm Pam Perry and uh, make sure that you like share and subscribe to our podcast and we are done for today thank you (laughs) thank you god bless thank you